Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is perfect. Perfect truth. Perfect truth for our lives. And Father, we just thank you that you will illuminate our eyes and our hearts this morning for what you have for us. We worship you and we praise you. And we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, I was going to open up, so this is the last week of the Death to Life series. So I wore, one, it's Memorial Day, so it's kind of like casual, I guess. I don't know, I felt, I don't know. I wore my Death to Life t-shirts. And if you remember, the Death to Life t-shirts showed up for the first time on the first Sunday in April when we did our water baptism service. And that's what kicked off this series, Death to Life. And... This morning, we're going to do our last message in this series, Death to Life. What I'm excited about is that next week, we're going to a new series. And the new series is called Marked by Miracles. Marked by Miracles. This is the word that God has had over our church. If you notice the sermon series that we're doing, it's all about what God has spoke to our church. It went from provision and harvest, death to life, to marked by miracles. And we're going to take that for as long as it needs to go because I truly feel that God wants to continue to show himself, his power, his presence, to continue to show his miraculous working power. And I started to read through the testimonies that have happened during this Death to Life series. And it just absolutely, I mean, I get so excited. And I was going to share some of the ones, but we already shared some of them here. Because week after week, God is doing miraculous healing works and powers. And last week, Irma gave her testimony of what God did. And if you weren't here and you didn't hear Irma's testimony, you have to understand that she does not speak English. And she was here and she was miraculously healed by the presence of God. It was his presence that was available that healed her. She was supernaturally healed. It didn't, there was no translation happening. She didn't understand what I was saying, what Liz was saying, what we were even singing. You know, Roberto wasn't over there translating the entire service. You know, he wasn't doing that. She was miraculous. I mean, this is unbelievable because we have an unbelievable God, a God that does amazing miracles. And I could go miracle after miracle after miracle, and it just gets me so excited. And I want to continue that, just that momentum that God has for this church. And I want to talk about being marked by miracles. And another word that God has really been resonating with me, and it's not the series title yet, but it's kind of the next thing I really feel God moving us towards, and it is a revival. It is a revival, and I can't wrap my head around what that means or what it looks like or what it's going to do for this church, but I know what it's going to do for this city. 
I know in my heart what it's going to do for this city. And you know how I know it? It's because out of absolutely nowhere, I had a meeting with somebody from another church, a Baptist church that happens to meet on Grub Road by a church by the name of Grace Church. Anybody ever hear of Grace Church? Okay, you may have heard of that. It's a fairly large church in town. Randomly, I'm having a conversation with somebody there, and he mentions to me, goes, hey, you know what? We're doing a series on revival. It's like, wait, what? You're doing a, yeah, yeah. Grace Baptist is doing a series on revival. And I'm like, well, I truly believe that this is the heart for this city as well. So this means there's already multiple churches getting on board with this word revival. That means it is going to come to Erie, Pennsylvania. And this is exciting. And it's going to mean explosive growth for us. But more importantly, it's going to mean a revolutionary change for this city. I'm telling you, church, there's going to be less crime. There's going to be less people in the hospital. There is going to be all kinds of things. Schools are going to be safer. And church, we need to begin praying for it and believing for it and expecting it and knowing that the enemy is hearing my voice and knows what he is going to try to come against. And we have to begin to be prayerful about it and taking our authority, the authority that God has given us to stand over the schemes and the wiles of the enemy and say, no, in Jesus' name, this will come, this will manifest, this will be done in Jesus' name. And what we believe, this church believes in, in, you know, the Lord's Prayer as you hear, and I say it over and over and over and over, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. His will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. As far as I can tell, based on reading, there is no sickness in heaven. There is no disease in heaven. There is no strife in heaven. There is no killing in heaven. There is nothing in heaven but the glorious presence of God. So if that's what we are to call forth, then that's what this church is going to call forth. We want to know what the vision is of the church. That is the vision of the church. That is what we are trying to do. Bring God's presence from heaven to earth to radically change this congregation and radically change this city. That is what we're doing. That is why we're here. That is why we are standing here. And that is why why you are out there. It is a team effort. We're going to do this together. It is not a two-person show or three-person show, four-person show. It's an everybody show. This is what we are going to do collectively. And I'll tell you, the next miracle is, is that Pastor Derek invited me to speak with him next Sunday night at Grace Church during their first revival service. So how about that? So if you're looking for something to do next Sunday evening, June 2nd, Maybe go over to Grace Church because Pastor Derek and I are going to be preaching on revival and he asked me to do a short teaching on, guess what? Healing. Healing and miracles. Because I'm pretty sure he has heard some of the miracles that have come from this church. People are beginning to see the miracle. We are marked by miracles. And I said all of that because that's the next message series. So if you're excited today, you want to come back next week. And then on June 9th, Brother Paul is going to continue that series. And God has already given him the message for June 9th. So I'm up on June 2nd. He's up on June 9th. I'm back on June 16th. God is going to do an amazing thing during this series. So I'm excited. I'm also excited about what he's going to do this morning. Okay? We're kind of forward-looking at the moment, but there's something he wants to go do right here today. So open your Bibles with me. Open your Bibles with me, and I'm going to go to John 15, 
verse 9. John 15 and verse... I'm going to start reading in verse 9. And I came across, as you're turning there, I came across a book. And born to build, or I don't even remember the name of the book. I didn't even read the book. I read the introduction of the book. And it completely, as they say, I think I've said this, arrested my attention. I was like, whoa, wait a second. And they asked a question. This book was posing a question. And I'm going to pose this question to you. And I want to show you something in the Word of God on how we can live this out in our life. And most people, when you talk to them and you meet them for the first time, they say, oh, how are you doing? Where do you work? Yeah, how many have ever heard the where do you work question? Or what do you do? Are you this or are you that? Oh, do you do this? Do you do that? Well, the question that this book posed was this. It said, what are you building? Just let that sit for a minute. What are you building? And it really just took me, it took me back for a second and said, wait a second, what, what am I building? What are we building? Church, what, individually, what are you building? And if we begin to think of our lives and each and every one of us as a builder of something, I don't mean something physical here. I don't mean Luciano builders. I get it. Everyone thinks, well, oh, building a shed, building a house, building... No, 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 no. I mean, what are you building? What relationship are you building? What about your relationship with God? Are you building it or are you tearing it down? Your relationship with your spouse, are you building it or are you tearing it down? And what I noticed as I, we started to drive around town is that a neighborhood... If it is not upkept, if somebody does not intentionally, if those people who live in that neighborhood do not intentionally begin to make improvements to their house, continue to build, continue to take care of what God has given them, it begins to get run down. How many have ever seen that? Like the, the neighborhood a generation ago that was the place to be, you look now, you're like, ah, what happened to that neighborhood? What happened? I mean, we lived downtown when we first moved to Erie 20 years ago, and we drive by there now. It's like, ah, what happened? I don't really, it wasn't like this 20 years ago. And the whole point is, is if we are not intentionally building and moving forward and building stronger relationships, building a stronger walk with the Lord, if we are not builders, which we all have the opportunity and choice to be, if we're not building, then we're beginning to decay. And so you can't just sit there and do nothing. Because what I found out, if you sit in the house for too long and do zero maintenance, it starts to fall apart. So we have to be proactive builders. John 15, verse 9. It says, As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Jesus loved us as the Father loved him. Jesus loved us so much. He is the great relationship builder. He is the greatest builder of all time. The word says he was there from the beginning. Jesus was the actual builder. And now we see that he laid down his life for us. He laid his life down for us because of what he saw his father do. What Jesus did for us, the sacrifice he made for us. 
He took all the weight of sin on his shoulders. He, took the, he paid the ultimate price. He paid the ultimate price for you and for me. And what I find absolutely amazing is this was a choice that he made. It was a choice that he made. If you look at him talking to the Father God in the garden of Gethsemane, when he was talking, he's saying, take this cup away from me. I don't, I don't in my flesh, I don't want to go do this. He's saying, I don't want to go do this. Three times he asked. Are you sure? But what was his prayer? Thy will be done. Thy will be done. If you want me to do it, I will do it. If you want me to lay down my life, I will do it. And church, the message this morning is as we move people from death to life, we want your relationships to move from death to life. And the best way to do that is to lay your life down for someone else. How do we do that? How do we lay our life down for someone else? Jesus had to make that decision. We need to make that decision. Verse 10 says, if you keep my commandments, I love these if statements in the Bible. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. If, if, if. This doesn't mean that if you don't keep his commands that you, get, you don't get to go to heaven. You see, what this is not talking about that. This is you, we are all saved by grace, not by works. This is nothing that we can do other than just believe and receive and confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord. If you've never done that in your life, if you never made, if you felt a presence this morning and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, then come meet me up here after church and we will do that. We will pray that prayer with you and your life will never, ever be the same. But what this is talking about is it's abiding in God's love. And this is what I believe that he's trying to say is that we must understand that there is an opportunity to have heaven on earth. And if we abide by his commands, if we do what he's asking us to do, if we use him as our model of behavior, we can actually begin to see heaven on earth. We can begin to see it. We ha- Jesus is the perfect model and example. But we have to understand that he was fully God and he was fully man. But you understand that he put that fully God part aside and said, I will be fully man, completely filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was able to live a sinless life. He was able to live a sinless life. You understand, church, that we have an opportunity to continue to get closer and closer to Jesus and be more and more like him and begin to defeat sin in our life. We can get closer and closer to being as Jesus was. This is why he was here. He was the perfect model, the perfect example. In order to stay connected to his love, we need to understand and obey his commands. doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. It means that we have an opportunity to be able to bring heaven to earth. And what do I mean by that? Here, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that your joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So he's already beginning to tell us and tell us exactly what he's talking about. If we keep his commands and love like he loved, what happens? Our joy becomes full. You can walk around as a Christian and be completely saved and going to heaven with zero joy. You are miserable, but you can do it. 
What he's saying here, if you keep my commands, if you abide in my love, if you love others the way I have loved you, you have an opportunity to receive a joy, an abundant joy from heaven, more so than you could find anywhere else on this world. You have an opportunity to do that. And I want to show you exactly how to do that. When our relationships are working and they are fulfilled in them, there is true joy. To me, this sounds like heaven on earth. Yeah, walk through a relationship challenge with strife with someone, and I'll tell you what, it sure does not feel like heaven on earth. You're like, ugh. Right? It's like, oh my goodness. It feels so heavy sometimes. So difficult. If Liz and I are in like an argument or a disagreement, it's like all I can think about. Like everything else is like, like that's it. It's all I can think about is this, and what are we going to do, and how can we resolve this thing? But what God wants is resolution. But God wants to show us how to truly love someone else. This is my command. Verse 12. This is my command. So what are all the things? How do we get that joy? How can we have the joy and it be completely full? He's about to tell us. How do we get it? How do we get the joy and make it completely full in our life? This is my command that you love one another as I have loved you. Whoa. We have to love each other the way Jesus loved us. We have to love each other the way Jesus loved us. Like, well, what did he do? Verse 13. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life. To lay down one's life for his friends. If you are my friends... You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Greater, so back to 13, greater love has no one than this that if you lay down your life for one's friends. What does this mean? How do we lay down our lives for each other? I posed the question in the beginning. What are you building? Do you understand that when you begin to build something, you have to sacrifice something? If you want to be a builder, you have to be a sacrificer. And you have to sacrifice many times your own will for his will. You have to sacrifice what you want to go do sometimes for what somebody else wants to go do sometimes. As parents, how many of you know, man, it is a life of sacrifice. It is a life of sacrifice. But here's the picture, the word picture that I want you to have and I want you to leave with so that you remember this message for many, many weeks maybe, or even days, or even a couple hours, hopefully, is that when we lay down our lives, when we lay down our lives, we are not doing it so that somebody else can walk all over us. That is not the purpose of laying down our life. When we are laying down our life, it's a vision as if we are kneeling down like this. We are laying down our life. So what can happen? So number one, we can pray. So that number two, the person we are laying our life down for can get on our shoulders and be higher than they were if they were standing alone. Think about that for a minute. When you lay down your life and you say, I am willing to lay down my life for my friend, for my spouse, for my kids, you are what you're saying is in prayer, in submission, I am laying my life down so that you can be higher. You can take a step on my shoulder and you can be higher. If we could do this with our relationships, if 
if a husband and a wife could do this in their relationships, what happens, the amazing thing, is that you begin to take each other higher and higher and higher. This is what you have an opportunity to do. It's like when you run an obstacle course. Where's Kyle? Kyle runs obstacle courses a lot. But what happens if you are partnering with someone and you're running on an obstacle course and there's a wall that you can't get over by yourself, what happens? Somebody has to sacrifice. Somebody has to say, I will lay down my life for you to stand on my back so you can get up to the next level. And what happens is that person recognizes that sacrifice, recognizes that love, and turns around and says, now that I'm up here, let me take my hand down and pull you up with me. And pull you up with me. And now you're both at a higher level. And you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again. And so laying down your life doesn't mean you're going to stay low. It actually means you're going to rise up higher. This is what Jesus did for us. He sacrificed everything so we could be higher, so we could move from death to life, so we could sit at the right hand, at his right hand, with him in heaven. This is our new place. This is our new location. You can't get any higher than heaven. What he did, he laid down his life so we could be in heaven. Are you kidding me? Could we model that in our relationships? Too often we're worried about, well, this is my thing, my agenda. What is it going to mean for me? What happens if they do this? No, we should want to, in every relationship, see that other person be raised higher. To lay down our life. To let them step on our back so we can lift them up higher. You actually will go higher yourself if you take that posture and position in your relationships. And when you don't, you walk around completely by yourself completely by yourself, and when you reach to the place where you need to get up, there's no one with their hand reaching down to help you. And that is not a place that we want to see any of you in. We want you to see and understand what Jesus did for you. It says, this is my command. We want joy in our life. Yes, we want joy in our life. He says, if you obey my commands, you can have joy, and that your joy may be full if you love one another. In order to have joy and it be full in our life, we have to love one another. And how do we do it? We have to lay down our life. We have to put aside every desire and all this stuff that we want so we can help others get to where they are going to be. This is God's command. This is how we love. That word picture, I hope, sticks with you. And that you can walk around and think about it. Because every time you pray, every time you get on your knees and you pray and you begin praying for someone else, you're laying down your life so that they can be raised higher. Parents, we do this for our kids all the time, but too often we don't do it for our spouse. Are you willing to lay down your life for your spouse? The Bible says, husbands, lay down your life for your spouse as Christ laid down his life for the church. Husbands, are we? Or is it our way or the highway? Are we laying down our lives for our spouses, for our kids? Because the picture is, is as we're kneeling down, our entire family is getting on our back. And we are trying to raise each and every one of them up higher. That is God's commandment. That is how we are to love. And it doesn't mean that we're down there. It doesn't mean we have the burden so hard and all the weight is on us. Because we have the Holy Spirit to help us. We have the blessed Holy Spirit to be with us each and every day to help us stand, to help us be strong, to help those get to where they need to be.
This is what this looks like to me is that word picture. I see it kneeling down, kneeling down in prayer, allowing the other person to reach even higher. We have to be intentional about doing this. We have to understand where the other person is trying to go. What is the calling in their life? What has God placed on their life? What are the skill sets they have? How do we help them? Not how do I help me, how do I help them? Because ultimately, I have found out over the course of time, the more I turn my attention and focus on helping others get to where they need to be, where God has called them to be, the more God opens up doors supernaturally to help me get where I need to be. He does the work. We take our focus off of ourselves and lay down our lives for others. He raises them higher. He raises them higher. This is being intentional. We need to understand the people that are in our lives. Jesus says in in the second part of that verse, you are my friends if you do this. You are my friends if you do this. So there's somewhat of an implication there that says, ah, if you are not doing this, are we truly his friend? Now he still loves us. He still cares for us. He still wants to walk with us each and every day, but he's, at, he's posing the question. This is right out of the scripture. If you're my friends, you do this. So if we call ourselves Christians, if we call ourselves followers of Christ, that means we have the opportunity to have the same anointing on us as Jesus did. And what did Jesus do? He, the anointing was strong enough that he put aside every fleshly desire and said, I will lay down my life for you. I will lay down my life for you. In verse 15, it says, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Everything that we see Jesus do and say, he heard and seen from his father. And the beautiful thing about this is now we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And so laying down your life from someone does not make you lower, does not make you less, does not make you worse. It actually makes you better. The Bible says we are his friends when we do this. I don't know about you, but I want to be a friend of Jesus. And he very, very, very clearly is telling us in order to abide in that love, to see heaven on earth, we need to make sacrifices in our own life. And so I ask you this morning, what are you building? What are you building? Are you building the relationship or are you tearing it down? Are you building your relationship with Jesus stronger and stronger? Are you laying down your life for those that God has placed in your life? Verse 16 Andy, if you want to come up, we're going to close here. It says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. So I love this part of it because this is like now the outcome of it all. This is the outcome of everything now. So if we can love and be Jesus' friend and we can model that same love to others as Jesus did for us, we lay down our lives, we have a joy that is complete, a joy that is full, and what happens is that now we can go and bear fruit and that our fruit can remain. 
And what I believe that this verse is talking about, the fruit that remains here is a generational fruit. You laying down your life for someone else is building somebody else's life up. And by doing that, you are affecting generations upon generations. And you may not see the sacrifices you're making today. You may not understand how they all play into God's plan. And many times we won't. But God has a perfect plan. And we all play a part in it. And our part to play in it, as it relates to our lives and moving them from death to life, is to model exactly what Jesus did and to lay our lives down for others and to allow them to go higher, for them to reach their calling. And when we do that, our joy, our joy, the Bible says, is complete and full. This is the opportunity we have this morning. Let us pray. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Jason, I'm willing, I am willing to make a commitment today that I will begin to model as Jesus modeled in my relationships with others. a posture of laying down my life to see those other people that you have placed in my life grow. If you're willing to do that, don't, this is a big commitment. This is not going to be easy. The Holy Spirit will be with you. He will help you. He will show you how to do it. He will give you strength. But if that's you, I want you to stand up. Don't take it lightly this morning. Some of you may already be operating in this way in your life, and that's okay. And you say, I'm good. But this is a commitment. This is a commitment to say, I am standing today because I am choosing to change the way I live my life. I am choosing to change the way I live in sacrifice for others. And I am willing to lay down my life so I can see people move from death to life. So Heavenly Father, I'm not even looking around. Lord, You know who's standing. Lord, you know the people that are making a commitment. Father, strengthen them. Encourage them. Give them favor. Give them blessing. Give them increase. Strengthen them to begin to understand, to make changes in their life, to lay down their life for someone else. Father, we love you. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you for your almighty power that you will strengthen us in this commitment. That laying down our lives for others, you will prove to us 
it will not be a futile attempt. It will not be something we just wish that we did. But Father, as we do it, your fruit will be seen in our lives. And we thank you for it. In your precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Small group leaders are going to be making their way up front. If there's anything in your life that you need prayer for, anything at all, I encourage you to come down here and get prayer. You see, church, God is a miracle-working God. And He promises that when two or more gather together in prayer, He hears us and He answers our prayers. And if you're here and you say, you know what, I have never laid down my life and I want prayer to be able to do that, we will pray for you up here. But most importantly, do not leave here if you have never made the decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. If you have never made that commitment to say, you know what, I will make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. I recognize what He did for me. He laid His life down for me. If that's you this morning... If that is you this morning, do not leave here without seeing me right here. And we will pray that prayer and your life will be radically changed forever. Forever. Heavenly Father, as we close, we just say a blessing over this church family. We bless this church family. We thank you, Father, for this Memorial Day weekend that you will bless interactions with family members You will bless times at picnics and at parks and wherever they go. Father, traveling mercy, may that be upon them as they come and as they go. Father, for our church family that's not here today, that's out somewhere, traveling, camping, reaching people out there, Father, strengthen them. Strengthen them now to share your gospel message, to share what you have for their life. We thank you for all these things. We worship you, we praise you, and we glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Happy weekend. And if you need prayer, come on up. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.